Hello. Hello. Um, hi, everybody, and welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Uh, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. Um, so, if those of you that are new to this show, uh, we basically pick a topic, any topic really, um, any kind of random topic. We don't really discriminate here. Um, and we just kind of talk about it for a little while, get some facts, some information. Um, hopefully you enjoy it. If not, try out a different episode because I'm sure it'll be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but We've also, the most important part. Yeah, the most important part at the beginning of every every episode, we try a new kind of coffee and just kind of give our take on it. Um, so today we are drinking Lavazza Super Crema. Uh, this is an Italian uh, blend of coffee. Uh, it's usually very well regarded by, you know, most coffee snobs. It's just a very, you know, just a very high quality uh, company. And a lot of people, sorry, we had technical difficulties there for a second. Edit that out, Bart. <laughs> a lot of people at my work suggested this as well, so... We're yeah, I actually had found a couple of different lists online um, of like some of the best coffees you can get. And this usually ranks very high up there, if not at the top of the list. And this Super Crema specifically. Um, so it's this is actually it's actually a medium roast, which I typically like dark roasts better. But this is designed really more for espresso. Uh, but So that's why it's typically just in uh, a medium roast. You'll usually use medium roasts to do espresso because it's already going to be very strong anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to try this one because I've heard a lot of good things about it. We're also trying out something new where we've uh, kicked our dogs out of the room. So hopefully the dogs behind the podcast will not be making an appearance today. So yeah, we'll see how this fingers goes. Fingers crossed for that. <laughs> um, we also so, need a correction first before we dig in. Yeah. So on our last episode, we tried the Folgers 1850 uh black gold blend i believe um and we had some very not so nice Nice things things to to say say. about it Mm -hmm. because it it was very bitter and and just it wasn't very good um but we drank a little bit more of it and decided we kind of figured out that it's just not meant to be made very strong um Mm -hmm. when we made it a little bit strong for the for the episode last time and it it just did not do very well so those of you that do drink 1850 and were like, hey, that's, what the heck are you guys talking about? That's not fair. I like 1850. Um, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> we've kind of realized the error of our ways. Uh, for those of you that have been wanting to try the Folgers 1850, um, go ahead and do it. Just make sure that you don't make it too strong. Make it a little bit on the weaker side because that's really where its flavor kind of shines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's really it's ground a lot finer than I think other coffees are. It's or I mean it's, we, it's pretty fine. So um, I think that contributes but just to a lot of it. Make, when it's when it's stronger, it just doesn't it just doesn't do as well as, as well when you make it stronger like you do with other coffees. Yeah. So with this one, you, you really have to take it on the on the a little bit weaker side. Um, to get that nice flavor out of it. So just correction on that one. Folgers 1850. Not We're bad. Sorry. Not not bad when you <laughs> when you brew it correctly. Um, and we've been drinking it all this week, so I actually did enjoy it once we kind of dialed that in. Yeah. Um, but again, so today we're doing the Lavazza Super Creamer. Super Crema, rather. Um, so let's go ahead and take our first sip of this. Cool, 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 cool. I'm excited. Here we go. 
Oh boy. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's good. That's really good. Oh wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's super smooth. Um, I don't need just, creamer. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, it's really good. Like I said, super smooth. It's got a little bit of like, kind of like caramelly notes. Not it's not quite so heavy, so it's not really very chocolatey, but it's a little bit more like caramel, kind of mm -hmm. earthy. But it's it's really good. I I like this. Um, yeah, as far as we can tell, we've only been able to find it on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and it only comes in a two pound bag. Yeah. So it is like about actually that does come in a three pound bag if we're feeling froggy. Oh really? <laughs> I mean honestly that might be something to look into because this is really good. Uh, but it's a little pricey when you first think when you first look at it and you you just see the price of I think it's what like eighteen nineteen dollars yeah. around around twenty bucks. Um, and so I was just kind of like, uh, but then when you read into it, I mean, it's a two pound bag, so it's not that bad really. Yeah. Um, but honestly for this flavor, this it's worth really it. Really good. It's definitely worth it. Yeah. I like this a lot. Um, so that's the Lavazza Super Crema. I'm a fan. Um, we haven't really done this yet, but I would, you know, if we, if you were to give this like a one to 10 scale rating, what would you give it? Ooh, probably like six or seven. Six or seven? Yeah, well, maybe a... maybe higher because, okay. like, you know me, I usually dilute my coffee with a lot of creamer. Yeah. So, <clears throat> it's, I mean, probably an eight. Let's go with an eight. With an eight? Yeah. Okay. I would say that's pretty fair. I'd probably give it a little bit more. Um, I'd probably give it like a, I mean, close to a, probably about a nine. Yeah. I just hesitate to give it to a ten. This, I mean, this is one of the best coffees I've tried. Yeah. I just think there might be better out there. I don't I don't know. Yeah, this is definitely better than the Illy. <clears throat> the Illy that we tried was really good. Yeah, the, the Illy, another Italian blend, but it just it wasn't it was, I mean it was good. But it wasn't worth what we paid for it. It definitely wasn't. The Illy was very expensive for how much it was cuz you only get it in this small tin. Yeah. And it was like $13 for yeah. like 8 ounces or something like that. Yeah. This is So the Lavazza definitely better for the money. Um, but honestly, it also tastes better than the Illy. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of... And I think my judge on, like, how good a coffee is is if I have to put creamer in it or not. Yeah. You know, so this is pretty high, like, but the other one's, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's how I judge mine. And mm. I don't have to put creamer in it, so it's an eight. Good. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's our review of the Lavazza Super Crema. Um, we're not sure what we're going to do next week, so... You know, hang on tight for that. Um, if you have any suggestions, you can go ahead and let us know. You can email us. Um, that's at datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. Go ahead and email us any suggestions for new coffees you want us to try. Uh, but, so let's go ahead and move into our topic for this episode. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm very excited about this. Not necessarily because the topic itself is so exciting, which, I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, we're talking about New York City today. Um, neither right. of us, you know, just disclaimer, neither of us have been to oh, New York never. City yet. Yet. Um, but the kind of the reason we're doing this is because we are actually going to New York City here in about a month? three or four weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. About a, about a month. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about that. So we kind of wanted to do this episode in preparation for our trip. 
Um, we're going to be, you know, heading up there. Not for very long. We're only heading up there for about like four weekend. days. Yeah. yeah, long weekend. Um, <clears throat> but we wanted to do a little bit of, you know, talk about New York City for for this episode. So in kind of preparation for our for our trip up there. Yeah. Um, Are you ready? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into this. Okay. So, <clears throat> um, I have some facts. I have... Um, some things to do that I want to add to like our itinerary, you know, of things to do. Mm-hmm. And then just, I just kind of want to talk about things that we're excited about most on the trip. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and I guess, and just dive into the facts. Yeah. Um, and then we'll, so let's, let's learn some stuff. What's, what's interesting about let's New get York. some knowledge. Okay. So from colonial times through the beginning of the 20th century, May 1st, my birthday, um, was moving day in New York City, and nearly everyone who needed to move apartments did so on that day. Really? Yep. It didn't stop until, like, about, like, after World War II. That seems odd. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, was it, like, a requirement, or was it just, like, I mean, most people are doing it on May 1st for some reason. I I might as well, too, but. So, it wasn't a requirement, and it caused havoc on, like, traffic, obviously. Right. But I would assume that, like, that's whenever leases were up. So, like, if everybody moved on May 1st, like, their lease would be up on May 1st. And so, like, it just kind of created this system I mean, system it just seems where, odd that they're all on the same time. Right. Right. Um, so, I just thought that was really, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's, and it's I've never heard ready. of anything like that. Yeah, me like, either. That's crazy. Okay, so the next fact is the price of a slice of pizza and a subway ride are roughly the same amount. If the price of one of them goes up, the price of the other follows within a few months. Okay. And huh. it's kind of like this unwritten rule. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's something like they actually like regulate to make it the same or if it's just like just a coincidence that it's typically worth about the same amount to people. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a good, like, if it's worth the same amount to the people of New York City. Yeah. Um, Either way, it seems like a pretty good indicator. Like, you know, you can definitely tell when one goes up, you can be expecting the other, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind it's, of like the price of gas, you know? Yeah. Um, so another fact is the Brooklyn Bridge is older than Tower Bridge in London. That seems crazy. Right? But listen, so Brooklyn Bridge finished was finished in 1883, and Tower Bridge was completed in 1894. Huh. And so we're looking at what eleven years difference. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna we we will be able to say that we've been to both. I'm this is super true. excited. Yeah, Tower Bridge was cool. I always and thought it, it was older. older. Than like that. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, I've never seen Brooklyn Bridge, right? But yeah, I mean that's Bridge. true. I just I always just assumed Tower Bridge was like older than America. Yeah, we'll get. So. Like, I've just assumed most things in <laughs> England are older, older than, than America. America yeah. But we'll get to the construction of the Brooklyn Bridge in just a minute. Okay. Um, so Albert Einstein's brain and eyeballs are kept in a safe in New York City. This is amazing. I know. And this is so wild. So right? I'm assuming they're probably in like formaldehyde or yeah. like something, you know, stored in some kind of liquid or something like that. So they don't like. I want to see them so bad. Oh, I know. That would be amazing. Oh, that's so cool. I'm just kind of wondering like, I understand the brain, I guess, like. Just on the hopes that, like, one day we'll get technologically advanced enough that we can hook it up to some sort of, like, bio-computer or something and, like, download his, his brain, I guess. Like, I guess that's probably the idea. But why the eyeballs? Well, you, I don't know. I'm thinking. The only thing I can think of are, like, oh, like, the eyes are a window to the soul, you know? Like, I mean, oh. but, like, anything he would have, like, <clears throat> just logistically talking here, like, anything he would have seen 
is stored in his brain. Would have been stored in the brain, yeah. So, like, what's the point of saving the eyeballs, too? I don't know. You know, it just seems kind of like a waste of space. We could have got some other people's brain in there. I'm just saying. Uh, okay, so New York City wouldn't be the same without its round-the-clock fleet of yellow and black taxis. But the first gas-powered taxis in the city were red and green. They didn't adopt the yellow color until 1912. Huh, so we had a bunch of Christmas cabs. I know! Around. How cool I wonder why that? they changed. Did you know. ever see anything about that? Mm-mm. Huh. Mm-mm. I wonder what the purpose is. I guess probably making them yellow... Probably just increases visibility. Yeah. So people can see them better. Um, Um, They stand out, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's probably why. So this next one, New York City buries its unclaimed bodies on an island off of the coast of the Bronx called Hart Island. Since 1869, nearly a million bodies have been buried there, and obviously it's not open to the public. That's crazy. That's so like. So this is just like some sort of like mass grave for like, uh, probably homeless people and stuff. It's probably or, for yeah the indigent or like population inmates, or yeah inmates that die in prison or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um. There are about twenty five thousand restaurants in New York City. I mean and, that seems about accurate. And we're gonna try them all. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. I wonder if any one person has tried them all. Oh, like, I if that's know. possible. Ooh. Like, that can be, can that be our family legacy? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to... You You would have to live in New York, definitely. Because there's no way you could do that by just visiting New York. <laughs> that's true. Um, so, ancient Rome was eight times more densely populated, populated than modern New York City, which... That sounds terrifying to me. Yeah, that does sound awful. I mean, I figured it was probably horrible. more just because, like, they didn't have... All the people didn't have, like, property and the buildings weren't so, like, immense and stuff like that. So people were just closer together. But eight times? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how... I'm already anxious. Like, downtown Broadway in Nashville, I'm just kind of like, wow, this is too many people. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm already feeling the stress from uh, walking down New York City streets. I would not I would not survive in modern Rome. <laughs> um, or modern Rome. Ancient, Ancient Rome. Rome. Um, all right, so there's a rumor that their water is super good and that, and that the water is the reason why the pizza and bagels are so good. Yeah, I've heard this. Yeah. There is a really good podcast on Stuff You Should Know. Or, yeah, the Stuff You Should Know podcast on New York Water System. Um, Their water system is the largest in the U.S. and billions, with a B, um, of gallons a day go through New York City taps. That seems crazy. Yeah. So, apparently their watersheds are incredibly protected. Right. Incredibly protected. And it comes from, like, two main sources. Like, 90% of their water comes from, like, two main sources up in the Catskills and in Delaware. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's pretty fascinating. I had only heard about this probably a couple of weeks ago or so, but I mean, it seems crazy that like, I never realized that they just kind of like pump it all in. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously they have to pump it from somewhere, but I don't know. It seems like they kind of almost like import their water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. But um, I didn't. I, I until I heard that fact, I didn't know that they were that New York was just known for its like really well, good water. water. Yeah, like tap water. Like yeah, like, oh, yeah. we've got the best tap water. It's not really something anybody ever advertises. Right, right. Places usually try just to hide that. Stuff. Seems like a an oddly objective claim. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so <clears throat> on to more, like, less fun, more, like, serious history. Um, Ellis Island was the United States' busiest immigrant inspection station, which immigration inspection, that just, that feels kind of icky, but whatever. Um, from 1892 to 1954, it processed approximately 12 million immigrants to the country through the port of New York and New Jersey. Today, it's part of the Statue of Liberty National Monument, access, <clears throat> accessible to the public only by ferry. About one-third of the current U.S. population has ancestors who passed through Ellis Island. Yeah, so like you yes. you definitely do. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if I have any ancestors that came through Ellis Island. Um, I haven't really dug that much into it. The farthest I've been able to find back in my history is like 1800s, and almost everybody was already here yeah you have um, you have like first nations yeah people. i've yeah i've got some some native american blood too so like definitely <clears throat> they didn't come through ellis island yeah um <laughs> the people who took the land from them did though yeah this Probably. is true well this not, is not true. them but um but yeah that seems that's a lot 12 million so that's just over the course of those those years what 62 years mm-hmm. some odd something like that yeah my paternal grandmother's family came through new york pennsylvania so i'm curious if they did come through ellis island probably you know like if they because like the records are kind of they're either like oh she's in pennsylvania nope never mind she's back in canada it's like oh well she's in new york now so it's kind of hard to follow but yeah i'm pretty sure they came through there i definitely want to see this because ellis island is just like such a huge part of our history Mm -hmm. um but I mean, also, I'll, like, I want to go back. You're you're talking about how it seems icky to call it an immigrant inspection station, but I mean, like, they had to inspect everything coming in. Like, we can't. Like, well, no, I know. Like, it's like I get that for like for like airplanes. I think like you're like, what's that called? Security. The customs. Yeah, customs. Like, I get that, but like, they're actually like they were like inspecting people. I mean, yeah. You know that I don't like that. Like, I mean, f- for the most part, they were basically just documenting them, like get an account of how many people are coming in, stuff like that. Oh, did you know that the Von Trapp family, like the Lady Von Trapp, whenever she came to America for, whenever they came to America to like sing one time, mm-hmm. and I think it was through Ellis Island, and she was just, they were like, oh, like, uh, you know, what brings you to America? All this kind of stuff, random fact. Um, do you like America? She's like, oh, yes. Like, I never, like, it's so great. I don't ever want to leave. Like, she was just joking because she loved it so much, but like everyone was like, ooh, wait a minute, you can't say stuff like that. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like every it like almost caused them to like de- be denied entry into the into United you, States. Yeah, yeah. When they came for a visit, because they were everyone was like, "Wait a minute, are you planning on like not come not leaving?" <laughs> mm. Yeah, I figured it would be just be more like the German officials would be like, "Nope, you you say you're not coming back, then we're not going to let you leave." Yeah, right. Well, they I think they escaped through Austria, so uh, that's true. But anyways, so on to the Statue of Liberty. So the copper statue was a gift from the people of France to the people of the United States. It was designed by French sculptor. Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll take this. Okay. Um, (laughs) Frédéric Auguste Bartholdi. Yes. And its metal framework was built by Gustav Eiffel. Yeah. So, all right. Gustav Eiffel. This This is the same guy that designed the Eiffel Tower, right? Obviously. I, I mean... I would think, since we've got, you know, both of these giant monuments. Yeah. Right, and Eiffel was involved. 
Yep. And I mean, yeah, being the metal framework, that's like all that the Eiffel Tower is. I had no idea about that. That's crazy. So the guy that made the Eiffel Tower also designed the frame of the Statue of Liberty. That's cool. Um, I do want to go back. You're talking a little bit about the statue. Um, I've, a lot of people do know this, but there may be some of you out there, and we kind of glossed over it, that it's actually a copper statue. Yes. Um, yeah. So. And it's patinaed. Yeah, it's patina, which is basically oxidization for copper. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it like that greenish color. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine, though, coming through and like seeing it in its like heyday and stuff like that, when it was just this huge copper... I know. I that would have been awesome. That would have been I feel so like it would have cool. been look it would have looked amazing in the sunlight. I know. Um, I kinda wish I could see it like that. I, I think know. there was a show that came out, like some sort of documentary or something that came out with a few years ago though that um I can't remember something but basically it was about like America or something like that. But I remember that they showed a picture of like it, what it would as look copper. Like. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch it, but I remember seeing an ad for it, and it looked pretty cool. That's awesome. I'll have to see if I can find out what that is. That is really cool. Um, <clears throat> the statue was dedicated on October twenty eighth, eighteen eighty six. The statue is a figure of Libertus, a, a robed Roman liberty goddess. She holds a torch above her head with her right hand. And in her left hand, she carries a <clears throat> tablet that's inscribed with July 4th, 1776 in Roman numerals. Um, the date of the U.S. Declaration of Independence, obviously. Uh, a broken shackle and chain lie at her feet as she walks forward, commemorating the recent national um, abolition of slavery. After its dedication, the statue became an icon of freedom uh, and of the United States itself. And then the new Colossus, which is on a bronze plate at its base is a sonnet or like <clears throat> it's a po- it's a sonnet by Emma Lazarus and she wrote the poem in 1883 to raise money for the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty and it's on a bronze plate at the at the on the pedestal. Hmm. Yeah. I had no idea that it was like actually commemorating the end of slavery. Well, I didn't realize <clears throat> I th- I thought it was older than that, honestly. Well, but let's see cuz it came through in like 1886. Yeah, so they like shipped it in pieces from right. France. I think it was like 136 pieces is what they said, is what I read. I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, it would, it would need to be a lot. So. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So that's like... I, I also had no idea that there was like the broken shackle and chain. I didn't either. I didn't so realize that either until I was doing this. I'm excited to see that. I wonder if we'll be able to get close enough to see that. I don't know. Because I know we're not, we're not going to the, the actual Liberty Island, are we? No, we're not going there. We Well, we could, but it costs um, a little bit more money. We can just take the Staten Island Ferry. Yeah. And like it's a free ride. I don't know how close it gets to like the, the island itself, though. Okay. But <clears throat> so... On to our next segment. I included this segment because I know that you're super happy about it. And this is like an area of interest for you. Yeah. So, the five families, which I had no idea about until I started researching New York. Um, basically, the five families are five major organized crime families in New York formed by Salvatore um, Maranzano in 1931. He reorganized the Italian-American gangs into five families. The Bonino, Colombo, Gambino, Genovese, and Luches. Luchesi. Uh, families. Each family had their own territory in New York, <clears throat> a structured hierarchy, and having each family. They had, so this Manzano guy, they had 
each family report up to the same entity, which Salvatore wanted to be him, called the Capo di Tutti Capi, which is which means the boss of all bosses. So that pretty much got him assassinated because he was just like, yeah, I'm going to control all these five families. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it basically makes you like the most powerful person. And yeah. So to I mean, control obviously the mob. that's going to put a pretty big target on your head. Right. So he was replaced by something called the commission. So they are the governing body of the American mafia. Um, they're still active today. And each of the five. So today the head of each of the five families has a seat on the commission. We're going to have to do a podcast, just like an episode solely on the mafia, because it's super complex. That would be cool. But, um, I mean, that makes a lot more sense, like, structurally, to have it as, like, this council kind of deal. Yeah. <clears throat> be a lot more like amiable to all parties, I guess. Yeah, I'm a bit confused on to, like, like, so I get the hierarchy of, like, the actual families themselves, because they have, like, a boss, and they have, like, underlings, and then they have, like, they're, they have, like, a consigliere, and, like, all this stuff, like... There's a hierarchy. I get that. But I don't understand how, like, the other crime families fit into, like, the five families. Because um, the Chicago outfit can sometimes be represented on the commission, but it's usually represented by the Genovese family. So, like, I don't know. So, I mean, basically, they're all going to be, like, their own... Like, each family is, like, a gang. Right, so but like there are if, other crime families that aren't in the five families. Right, because they don't have, like, that power or whatever. So, they're kind of, like, true. they're kind of, like, underneath each individual family. Okay, so, like, each individual, one of the five families probably controls other families, yeah. is what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Also, side note, because I know you were asking about this, is the Chicago Outfit was co-founded by Al Capone. Right, yeah, yeah. so... I knew that Al Capone was in Chicago. Yeah, he was born in New York, but his most of his like criminal dealings and stuff like that were done in Chicago. Okay. So, so. I want to go back to this guy, Salvatore Maranzano. So this is a guy, he, he founded... The, he started the five families, he's, basically. He that, started the... So were they all his family? Or? No, no. Like, they basically, he, re, he organized them <clears throat> into, like, one structure so that, like... And basically gave them their own territories so that there wouldn't be a lot of, like, hits on each other. Like, right. You know so these I mean? five families were already around doing crime. And mm-hmm. he was just like, hey, let's rein this in and, like, get this, yeah. So know, that we can all, like... In an orderly fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Basically turned it into a business. Yeah. Pretty much. And I read during some of my stuff um, with the, like... Like I said, we're going to have to do an episode solely on the mob because I read that, like, certain families controlled certain unions. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, a lot of their money came in. And that's where, like, a lot of stuff. I've heard that, yeah, that yeah. a lot of the unions back in the day were controlled by the mob. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2011, the FBI arrested more than 100 mobsters, including the alleged street boss of the Colombo family. Um, even though it was dubbed the largest roundup in the history of the FBI... The heads of the Bureau's uh, New York office said that convicting the hierarchies of the five families several times over has not eradicated the problem and that the belief that the organized crime was beaten was a myth. Right. So, like, they're still around. And I'll tell you why. So, in March of 19... Nope. 2019, Francesco Cali, also known as Frankie Boy, the head of the Gambino crime family, was shot to death outside his Staten Island home. At that time, it had been more than three decades since the last targeted killing of a mob boss in New York. Hmm. Yeah. 
These days, like, they're more li- more likely to die of old age, but... Right, because they're so <laughs> rich that it, I mean... And because, like, things have gotten so civil, like, they die in prison, they die, like, it's just... They've lost control of the unions, too, so, like, it's not, like... And there was an... I read somewhere when I was reading up on this that a lot of the reason why it... Is because the there's like a life sentence for murder for hire now. Right. It didn't used to be a life sentence. So now, like, if you want to like become a made man or like somebody, if you want to like show your commitment and you kill somebody and you get caught, you can't move up anymore. Right. So yeah, I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I definitely would be interested in doing another episode about just the mob because this would be. A sweet topic. Yeah, it's so complex. So oh, complex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <clears throat> okay, um, so, so... let's go on. Um, things so the to things do. to do. So some of these things are going to be kind of some some areas and some things we want to go see or things that we want to do in particular yes. uh, while we're there. Um, and if you get the chance to go, if you've not been, these might be some things that would interest you to check out. Yes, and if there are more that you suggest, send them our way. Yeah, definitely. Those of you that have been or have done like a lot of research into it and are like, Hey, you guys should go do this or check this out. Definitely like, let us know and we'll, um, add it to the list. Yeah. We'll add it to our (laughs) list and see if we can, if we can, you know, squeeze that in. Like I said, we're not going to be there very long. Um, but who knows, maybe we're going to try to do as much as we can in those few short days. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah. So let's go ahead and go through our things to do in New York. So First one, Central Park. There is also an podcast, an episode of Stuff You Should Know on Central Park. It's pretty fascinating. Love it. It was really, really interesting. So, mm-hmm. the park itself is 843 acres. That's crazy. I, like, I knew it was big. Yeah. But I didn't realize it was that, that big. big. Yeah. Jeez. Huge. Absolutely massive. Um, so, the park contains seven lakes and ponds that have been created artificially. Um, There are several wooded sections in addition to lawns, like the meadows and like minor grassy areas. In addition, there are 21 children's playgrounds as well as 6.1 miles of like drives and like uh, paths. Wow. Yeah. So like what? I mean, I get that like some of this, like they wanted to have like some wooded areas for like the people to go see because New York is just like the concrete jungle or whatever. And there's not like (laughs) a lot of other trees and stuff around, but like. Why is it so big? And, like, well, why why make these, like, large lakes and stuff? Well, the reason why they made the lake, on it talks about, on Stuff You Should Know uh, on that podcast, it talks a lot about, <clears throat> a lot of it was swampland and, like, marshy. Oh, really? So, yes. like, they couldn't really develop on a lot of that anyways. Exactly. Okay. So, they just filled it in with, like, more water. Right. Um, so, yeah. that was That's why there's a lot of, like, water features and stuff there. <clears throat> okay. That checks out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, on one of the things that I think we would be remiss to not talk about is uh, Seneca Village. So, I've heard, th- this name sounds familiar. I was reading through it and I, I feel like I've heard of it, but I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah, there is like a Seneca, New York, and like, so there are other places named Seneca. But, Seneca Village was a 19th century settlement of mostly African American landowners in the borough of Manhattan in New York City. Um, and they were located within like current day Central Park. Mm-hmm. So... The settlement was located on about five acres uh, near the Upper West Side neighborhood. Seneca Village was founded in 1825 by Free Blacks. It was the first community in the city, the first of its kind. 
Um, at its wow. peak, the community had 264 residents, which is really big, like, at that time. Like, that's, yeah, in 1825, mm-hmm. that would have been a really large village. Yeah. Um, and it had three churches, a school, and two cemeteries. The settlement was later inhabited also by several other minority groups, including, like, Irish and German uh, immigrants. It existed until 1857. <sighs> When through eminent domain, the villagers and other settlers in the area were ordered to leave. And, like, they were, like, basically forced out. Like, with brute force. Like, it was Mm. horrible. Right. Um, And it was torn down for Central Park. So, I don't know. Like, Central Park is great and all. But, like, it was apparently this, like, utopia. It was, like, a really harmonious area where... Well, I mean, this would have been found in 1825 um, by the free blacks. I mean, this would have been during, you know, during the... well, partly before the Civil War and then during the Civil War. Um, I don't really remember the dates specifically. But the fact that, like, the fact that we had, like, immigrants, you know, Irish and German immigrants living together with, like, Americans of color, like, in that time, in this, yeah. like, harmonious, like, utopia almost, like, it's pretty sad that it was just destroyed. To make way for a park. Yeah. So, actually, this whole thing... So, the American Civil War actually was only from 1861 to 1865. So, this village would have been... Um, they would have been gone by the time the Civil War actually even started. So, it's really... It's just sad. Just sad thing. But, Central Park is, from everything... From all the pictures, they have so many, like attractions yeah i I didn't realize before that there were so many things in it i just always thought it was just like some woods there's a zoo trails yeah i heard about this zoo apparently that's really awesome Mm -hmm. and some kind of castle yeah belvedere castle yeah so what's that about so um i'm not sure about belvedere castle but one of our friends was talking and they said that or maybe it was i can't remember the central park zoo was actually i think created from um like, people just abandoning pets. Mm-hmm. Like, exotic pets. Really? Yep. Cause. So they just, like, let them loose in Central yep. Park. And, and they were like, we can't have this. Eventually <laughs> somebody was like, hey, let's just put all these in a cage. <laughs> let's not have these tigers and, like, leopards. So, that I mean, like, they just had, like, li- like, lions and tigers and stuff just, like, as pets. Mm, I'm sure. I mean, it was, it was the 60s or whatever. Like, it was whatever. Like. Yeah, they didn't care. Yeah, they did not care. Um, it was way earlier than the 60s, you know what I mean. So just a little bit of information. I was looking at this, the Belvedere Castle, and this comes from Central Park's website, like their attraction website. Mm-hmm. Um, envisioned by Central Park co-designer Calvert Vaux in 1869, this miniature t- castle sits atop Vista Rock and looks out over the Great Lawn to the north of the Ramble, to oh. the north and the Ramble to the south. So the Ramble is like a place of it's got like a bunch of trails and like windy curvy roads and stuff like this it's like the woods okay so this like kind of sits up on a hill that looks over that um houses one of the park's visitor centers and gift shop so definitely i want to check this out while we're there yeah i think Um, we just need to spend an entire day yeah in central park (laughs) yeah i mean we probably will we're not going to do anything Um, else but go to central park belvedere actually translates to beautiful Beautiful view. view in italian that's cute um 
Originally built without doors or windows, Belvedere Castle was intended to be a viewing platform. While the outdoor pavilion is a popular lookout, the best views are found two stories up at the top of a winding staircase in the castle. So really, I mean, it was just built as like an attraction for yeah. Central Park. That's so, so cool. There it, wasn't are, like, it wasn't like already there. Anymore. Yeah, there are so many little like attractions like that. So many. Like, it's, yeah, I couldn't count them all. But that Central Park is definitely someplace we're going to go. Okay, the next place I really want to go and I'm super excited about is the Brooklyn Bridge. So it is one of the oldest suspension bridges in the United States. Completed again, like I said earlier, in 1883. So it's older the, than Tower of London. Older or than the Tower Bridge. Tower in Bridge, yep. Um, it's the first steel wire suspension bridge in the world. Oh, really? I didn't know it was or the first. One of the first. Um, it was designed by John Augustus Roebling. While conducting his final measuring across the East River, he crushed his foot. Oh. The foot then had to be amputated, and then he got tetanus from the amputation, and he fell into a coma and died. Oh, that sucks. So he didn't really even get to, like, Build live it. to see people, like, appreciate his his design. Yeah, he didn't even get to start building it. This is while Oh, really? Was, yeah, this is while he was doing his Oh, measuring. that sucks. So he, like, designed it all and mm-hmm. then, like, died before it was even... Yep. So mm, let's just... That sucks. Let's just put a pin in the fact that this man died of tetanus from an amputation... Right. And he de- he designed the Brooklyn Bridge, which yeah. we find out later in this story that it basically withstands the test of like all aerodynamic anything. Mm-hmm. It's like six times stronger than it needs to be. So this man designed a bridge that's six times stronger than it needs to be for what it is. Right. So, during a time. So focused on safety. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> during a time when you still died from tetanus. I mean, you can still die from tetanus now. But from an amputation, though, like, are you serious? Like that—that yeah. that just blows my mind. Anyway. Well, I mean, medications came along. Right? I know engineering is. <laughs> I know it's just so strange to me. It's not funny that he's, you know, rest in peace. Anyways, um, before he died, he appointed his son Washington Roebling to take charge of the building and construction. Um, construction began on January third, eighteen seventy. But the construction method that they used was um, they used Cassion boxes full of compressed air so that they could work into the riverbed. Um, so Cassion boxes. Oh, I heard about I've heard about this before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so as we know, like with divers, decompression sickness is like it's huge. And so basically they would be lowered in airlocks down yeah. to the Cassion boxes and then they would like and the, the boxes were full of compressed air. And so like and they didn't have a lot of ventilation and so like they had a lot anyways they suffered a lot of decompression sickness but the first one of the first victims of decompression sickness was washington roebling (laughs) oh man yeah um it left him paralyzed so he could not leave his bed so his wife emily warren roebling had to step in and she was his assistant and the supervisor of construction for the next 11 years so she is the reason Essentially, that that the bridge got built, right. in my opinion. That's um, cool. She was the first person to uh, to cross the bridge. Really? Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that we want to do is the Staten Island Ferry. Um, this one's pretty short. It started in 1817 with the Richmond Turnpike Company. They started the steamboat steamboat service from Manhattan to Staten Island, and then in 1904, the city of New York gained control of the ferry. Um, and in 2016, uh, 23.9 million riders rode the Staten Island Island Ferry. 
So it was the single busiest ferry route in the United States. So, and it's the world's, was the world, at that time, was the world's busiest passenger-only ferry system. So, like, I mean, I had heard of the Staten Island Ferry, like, I just assumed it was, you know, just, just a ferry mm-hmm. going across there, but, like, I didn't realize it was that old. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't, I didn't know it was, like, a thing. Yeah. You know? I read somewhere, too, that, like, this is the same route that a lot of, um, like, Native people crossed, <laughs> like, the... To, to Staten Island, then, like... Really? Yeah, I read that somewhere. I thought that was pretty interesting. Hmm. So, I mean, is this... Because I don't really know. Is, is this across the Hudson? Is that where this is? Um, or... I'm trying... Is that where the, the There's, like... Because the Hudson and the East River, they meet. And so, I think it's where the two meet. Oh. Because, like, the... Because on one side of Liberty Island, because you go past Liberty Island, mm-hmm. on one side of Liberty Island is the Hudson, and on the other side is the East River, and they kind of meet there at the end or whatever okay so well while we're talking about it let's talk about the, the names of these rivers so one of them is called the hudson river mm-hmm. and then the other river is so like an actual name that's like been thought out and like hey yeah the hudson river <laughs> and then the other one they just call it the east river so like what i have no idea what what was going on here like i mean <laughs> Did they just get lazy when it came to the East River, or, like, this what's is, the deal here? This is the Hudson River, and then that other one, it's on the east. We'll just, instead of calling it the other, we'll yeah, just call like it the they East Yeah, like, they just gave up. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Hmm. Absolutely. I have no idea. That's a really good question. Whenever we go, we can ask somebody. We can be like, yeah, hey. we'll hey, definitely have to check that out. What What happened? Our investigation will commence yeah. when we get there. We'll let you know on when we're um, back. Yeah, so let's go ahead and move on. The next thing we want to check out... Um, Grand Central Terminal! Yeah, Grand Central. This is going to be awesome. I'm so, super excited. Um, I didn't realize it was this big 40... Yes. So you've got here that's 48 acres? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yep. And it has 44 platforms, uh, more than any other railroad station in the world. Wow. Um, its platforms all below ground serve 30 tracks on the upper level, 26 on the lower. There's a total of 67 tracks, including a rail yard and sidings. So of these, 40, 43 of these tracks are used for the passenger service, while the remaining are used to just store trains. Right. So 43 of them are active. Okay, that's um, cool. Yeah. So I just want to ask, so I mean, it's been my understanding, and I might be wrong. So Grand Central Terminal, like it's not part of the subway system right Mm -hmm. it is grand central yes grand central station is like where like the trains go in and out but it is it's part of the it's part of the subway system um but also other train like like locomotive yeah okay i I believe i think so there's like all kinds of stuff going on and then they're like in and around and all that stuff and then i think there's a project to like uh, connect the upper side or the the one of the one of the places isn't connected to Grand Central, and they're funding a project to connect the one side that's not connected of the okay. city. I, I'm yeah. sure there's probably some train nerd listening to this that's like... Screaming. It's like just getting so pissed at us right now that like, oh, I can't believe you don't know this. Everybody knows that. Newsflash, not everybody no, knows it. We but don't. We know nothing. Know, well, we're going we're gonna to figure it out. Yeah. We'll go there and There's check like, it out. It's apparently also like, it's like a mall and like, it's got tons of restaurants and it's gorgeous. Um, and like the architecture itself. So the, the clock that's on the outside, um, I forget what it's called. Transportation. It's like a sculpture. I didn't know it had a name. 
Yeah, there's like a clock and it's like a tiff. Apparently it's rumored to be a Tiffany clock and which is like a big deal and all that. So oh, okay. um, that's the one on the outside. Um, so there is a whisper gallery between the main concourse and Vanderbilt Hall. Yeah, I've heard of this. This mm-hmm. sounds awesome and I definitely want to try this out. Yeah, I looked at pictures and honestly it looks like the Ministry of Magic. Yeah, that's what a lot of it looks like. That's what I'm like, oh my gosh. This so is part of this, of so this is the whisper gallery, <laughs> for those of you that may not have heard about it, so it's like this... It's this like chamber kind of hallway yeah, corridor kind of deal inside the Grand Central it's got Terminal. Arches in it. Yeah, and so like the architecture was designed in such a way that like you can stand on one corner of the whole um, under one of um, the arch corridor like, yeah. over there, and then if someone else stands in the other corner, like the opposite corner. Mm-hmm. You can like whisper, and the acoustics of the room will actually will carry that sound all the way across to the mm-hmm. other corner. Yep, yep. So and we it, definitely have to try this out. I know, I'm pretty. It'll excited. probably be super busy. I know, I don't care. But I'm I want to try it out and see. <laughs> so apparently, too, like they don't know if this was done on purpose or not. Which yeah, I think that's really cool. I I doubt it was. That's such like honestly, a honestly, I really doubt I it that. was because that's. I don't. I think it will be super hard to recreate that now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you'll enjoy this. So there is quote unquote a hidden, it's not really hidden, um, bar called the Campbell Apartment. Uh, you can only get in if you are appropriately attired. Okay, so what does that mean? <laughs> so does that mean like I gotta be like I'm, I'm assuming it means like dressed up, right? I think it's like business attire. Business attire or like tuxedo. I think it's business attire. Okay. Yeah. So bring your sport this. coat. I wanna check this out. Bring your slacks and your coat. Um, yeah. So the sub basement, this one's really cool. The sub basement, it's labeled M42. It houses a converter that's responsible for providing all electricity that runs through Grand Central. Hmm. Here, alternating current be, uh, becomes a direct current that provides power for the transportation of more than a million people each week. So apparently this sub basement was heavily protected during World War One and Two. Because if because if you threw sand into the converter, it would instantly turn into glass. It's so hot, and it would essentially stop all trains from running. So so you you say that did people do that? No 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 like no like it's basically like oh if if this were to happen like it's a really easy way to stall a ton like all somebody just carrying a bag of sand like could go in. Well, that's the thing is like people troops wouldn't have been able to leave. Right. And, like, a lot of stuff would have stopped. Like, yeah. the city would have halted, essentially. Okay. So, yeah, I thought that was that example was really crazy. It's like, a bag of sand, what? I mean, the way they word it is, like, it, it sounds like this was a real <laughs> problem, that people are going around throwing <laughs> sand at their, their generator or their converter or whatever <laughs> to make windows or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> to make windows. Okay. So, the Empire State Building is next on our list. I included the price of tickets. It's $38 for adults. Okay, cool. Totally um, worth it. Yeah. Um, everything else is free so far. So, So everything, you mean all of the other things we've talked about so far are free? Correct. Okay. Staten Island Ferry is even free, too. So that, was pretty cool. that seems crazy to me. Yeah. It used to be like a nickel, and then it went up to 25 cents, and they're just like, hey, I mean, how I can swing don't? a quarter, yeah. I guess. We'll make it work. <laughs> okay, so the Empire State Building. It has 103 floors, um, and at roof, like at roof height, it is um, 1250. Uh, it's 1,250 feet tall. And then with the antenna, it's 1,454 feet tall. So that ex- the antenna is an, an extra 204 feet tall. Yeah. 
That seems excessive. Excessive, right. So it was designed by William Lamb, the architect firm of Shreve, Lamb, and Harmon Associates. Hmm. Um, the contracting... So the construction firm was Starrett Brothers and Eakin? I don't know. Some architecture nerd is also listening to this screaming. Um, so 3,400 workers were involved in the construction of the building with the official records showing that only five workers died. I mean, I feel like that's pretty... That's pretty good. Five, yeah. I mean, at the time, especially because I yeah. mean, construction was like pretty dangerous. It back opened then. again on my birthday, May first, um, not nineteen thirty. I wasn't born in nineteen thirty one, but you know what I mean. May first, nineteen thirty one, um, is when it opened. It took only four hundred and ten days for the Empire State Building to be constructed. That's crazy. That's like that's super fast. That's little over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I've seen people build houses for longer well, than that. Yep. Totally. Oh, this is pretty fascinating. So the upper tower part of the Empire State Building um, was designed as a mooring port or place for airships, you know, blimps or whatever. Um, Really? Yes. How cool is that? That's awesome. So um, they they were convinced that like airship travel was going to be like transatlantic travel was going to be the next big thing. And so the building's owners originally constructed the mast part as a docking port for... Um, for these blimps. And it says, the harebrained scheme called for the airships to maneuver alongside the building and tether themselves to a winching apparatus. Passengers would then exit via an open air gangplank. No, thank you. (laughs) I mean, I would totally do this. (laughs) This sounds awesome. They would check in at the customs office at the top and then make their way down to the streets of Manhattan. This sounds sweet. That's nuts. So, you're talking about, like... (laughs) So they're, they've, they've built it to where it can have these, um, these like, ports for, for air travel, for blimps and stuff. But, like, what is, what is the Empire State Building actually do? What is it for? I think it's just, like, a... It's, um, it's just, like, an office building, right? Yeah. So, like... Yeah, I think it's kind of... They just of, rent out areas for it to do whatever. So it's just, like, a general, like... General office Whatever building. we want it to do building. Yeah. Okay. That's... As far as I know, they're... I don't know. Yeah, that's my impression. Hmm. Um, obviously, the blimp thing didn't pan out because a it didn't happen, and b the winds up there are incredibly intense. <laughs> um, I feel like we could figure this out. <laughs> um, so, I want to go back to this because, like, I, I think we should <laughs> we should really invest into this idea because it seems like a sweet idea. It sounds terrifying. Yeah, but it um, sounds awesome. Yeah, awesomely terrifying, kind of like bungee jumping. Yeah. I will say, though, so the closest thing to a landing came in September of 1931, so that same year that it was opened, um, when a small airship tethered itself to the spire for a few minutes. And then two weeks later, a Goodyear blimp dropped a stack of newspapers on the roof as part of a publicity stunt. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Um, This is pretty fascinating. I didn't know this. In 1945, a B-52 bomber accidentally crashed into the 78th and 79th floor. What? I'd never heard about this. Yeah, uh, like an airman, basically, it was really foggy, and he lost, like, he got disoriented and he crashed. And it was there was a fire. The fire was actually put out in, like, 40 minutes, which is really good, considering the time. Um, and then, um, unfortunately, 13 people, the airman and his co-pilot, and then 11 people inside the building were killed. Mm. Um, 
But several pieces of the engines engine sliced through the Empire State Building and entered an elevator shaft. The cables for two cars were severed, including one containing 19-year-old elevator operator named Betty Lou Oliver. The elevator fell from the 75th floor and crashed into the sub-basement. But, luckily for Betty Lou, more than a thousand feet of severed elevator cable had gathered at the bottom of the shaft, cushioning the blow. Huh. She like had she huh. broke her back and her neck and all that kind of stuff, but right. she survived. Well, she survived because the cable itself piled up at the bottom before mm-hmm. she hit. That's yep. crazy. Yep, that gives me gives me hope that if yeah, that's awesome. If uh, <laughs> if something were to happen, there we go. We could survive it. Yeah, no problem. So cool. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and move on. Um, so there's just we don't really have a whole lot else to talk about, but there are just a few other things that we want to kind of check out while we're here. Yeah. Or while we're while we're there. Yeah. Uh, one of them is the Brooklyn Heights Promenade. So it's basically just like a park. It's the scene from the one where like it has all the benches lined up and it has a view of the river and like the city. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I just always assumed that was Central Park. No, that's the Brooklyn Heights Promenade. And it's like, it's really pretty and I just want to go because, you know, I've heard it looks really cute at night. So super romantic. We're going to, I want to try that. I'm going to try and go and do that. Okay. Um, the other one is the 9-11 Memorial. Yeah, I definitely want to check this out. Yeah, the museum is um, kind of pricey to get into, but um, I don't know if I want to do the museum, but I definitely want to go to the, the memorial. And there's like there's a really good... The Wikipedia page for the 9-11 memorial is actually really, really thorough on like its history and like all of the things that... Um, like just everything, like the construction, all of it. And it has like some, like some seedy history too. And like it's... Really? I mean, it's only like... Well... <sighs> 20 years old yeah i yeah not even it the the wikipedia page is really interesting because it talks about quite a few things um about like how um what was it they said like the some remains are actually interred there oh i think i'd heard about this before yeah and then like there were like parties that were thrown in the museum because like that happens sometimes at museums where like you can have like a gala and like fundraise and stuff like that and people were really upset that like you're throwing a party on top of, like, basically in a cemetery. You yeah. know, it's just, uh, it, yeah. I get that, I guess. So, but. but I definitely want to go check it out. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on. So this, the next thing. The uh, Chelsea Market. The so, Chelsea Market. So what is this? Is this like a farmer's market? Well, or? no, it's like a. Um, never heard of this before. Yeah. So we'll be staying in Chelsea. And it's actually not far from where we're staying. And it's basically an indoor, like, food market. And, like. Okay. Cool. So it's uh, so yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of yeah, yeah. It's kind of so like it's like a like a flea market kind of deal. Mm, or is it mostly just food market? It's mostly food. So okay. if you think of like what you see in like Seattle at like Pike Place Market, I think is what it's called. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but I it's read inside. a book about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of okay. like that. Cool. Well, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um. So another thing I wanted to check out. Um. While we're there. I'm gonna add it to the list. Um. Oh crap! I had I had it on my mind just a minute ago. And now I can't remember. Oh, uh, I do want to check on Broadway to see if we can find any good tickets. So we originally were going to buy some tickets. I had looked online, and they're kind of pricey. But I've actually heard that it might be a better deal to check out Times Square. Oh, that's not even on the list. Yeah, Times Square is another place we want to check out while we're there. I forgot to do notes Um, for that one. That's okay. We can talk about that when when we get back. Um, but apparently there's some kind of place in Broadway, like some little 
stand on Times- or vendor oh, or something yeah, like yeah. that There's where like they a have Broadway yeah. tickets. So we can check and apparently they have good deals there. So we'll yeah. check that out while we're there, I guess, and see if we can score some Broadway tickets while we're in New York rather than get them ahead of time. Uh, so who knows what we'll be able to get to see while we're there. So what are you most excited about? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm really excited to get to see uh, like the Statue of Liberty, like all these iconic mm-hmm. things and the Empire State Building and stuff like that. Like Things I've just always heard about. Um, and mostly just like being there because mm-hmm. it's just like such an important area of our history. Oh, yeah. Which seems really cool. Um, also, the food. Yeah. I am super. That's like There's my There's like biggest. a ton of restaurants around. I've like, got to try New York pizza like from New York to see what yes. the hype is all about. And bagels. And uh, yeah, apparently I didn't I didn't really know that there was a big oh, thing about New York bagels. I love but, bagels. So I guess I mean I like bagels. I just didn't know like New York bagels were a thing. Yeah. Um. So I mean yeah, we'll definitely try that out. I'm um, super excited. Yeah. I mean honestly, I'm just also I'm partly just excited to like get away for oh, a little for while. Sure. Um, we need to, a vacation. But <laughs> also to get to see a cool place like New York is really exciting while we're doing that. Um, so that's, that's really, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up? Cause that's uh, really about all. I don't think so, but we'll, we will be doing a follow up when we get back on like how, like maybe probably the whole episode may just be a correction corner on how ignorant we are on I how mean, this maybe, is going to work. Yeah. So but... we'll definitely do like a follow up after we get back. <laughs> um, it might be its own episode or it might not be depending on how much info we get on it. Yeah. Um, and what else we decide we want to go over. Um, there are so, a ton of good like websites where I did a lot of research for free things to do and like the most important things to do while you're there. Um, so definitely, you know, we'll update you guys on the things that we actually did. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, look ahead to, to hearing how the trip went, what things were cool, what we had to say about it. Um, if you want to, if not, you know, we're going to do it anyway. So yeah. probably doesn't really matter. And if you have suggestions, I don't know when this is going to air, but... Yeah, I don't know if we'll get to air these before we go or not, um, but if if so, go ahead and, you know, email us some, some suggestions on things to do, things to try while we're there. Um, again, you can email especially us... Food. Especially yeah, food. Especially food. <laughs> um, and you can always email us, again, that is at datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. Um, other than that, I don't... I think we're pretty much done with this episode right yeah Yeah. didn't have anything else i'm done Um, with our date i mean we're probably gonna go for a walk later but you know yeah maybe (laughs) um but yeah i just want to thank you guys for joining us on our date tonight i hope you enjoyed it um i know i did yep um we had some cool coffee again we tried the lavazza super crema highly highly recommend um but yeah that's really all i've got so again thanks guys for listening um until next time love you love you bye